It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do or don't want to do in your landscape. If you want to be an organic gardener, ask me a question. I'd be happy to help you. If you want to know how to get rid of box elder bugs, fire ants, all the other critters that you might find that are distressing you, give me a call. 404-872-0750. Gene has been waiting very patiently in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and now he's on the air. Hey, Gene, good morning. Good morning, Walter. It's Les, I tell you hello. Yeah, good, Gene. Good to see you. Appreciate you taking my call. Um, I've got a tomato plant on my back deck and in a big pot and sitting in a tray. And uh, it was just doing real well. I've just been watering it regularly, you know, to keep it um, consistent moisture. Sure. And... uh, and all of a sudden, over the weekend, it just started turning yellow. And I thought, good gracious, what kind of disease does this thing have? And kept thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, it dawned on me that we had three inches of rain in about two days. Ooh, yeah. And that tray probably did doesn't have a drain on it. And it was sitting in water. Gene, why do you need me when you have such a good mind and figured it out on your own? That's an excellent well, now, observation. No, no, I figured it out, but, and I put some rocks under there, you know, so it could drain down. Yeah. But now, is there anything else I can do to help save it? It has two main stalks, and one of them still has green on it. Hmm. So it's consistently uh, yellow from bottom to top, all the way up and down, yellow, yellow, yellow. It it's pretty close all the way up and down on one of them, one side of it. Gene, the only thing I can think to do would be to make it as porous as you can, so that the soil <clears throat> so the soil dries out. And for listeners who are wondering why this is also important, it's because when water sits around the roots of plants, tomatoes, any plant really, except some of the you know plants that grow in swamps, when water sits around a normally terrestrial plant. The roots have to breathe. They can't breathe underwater. And so this tomato has not breathed very well for the last week or so because of all the rain because it's accumulated in this pot. And so what I want Gene to do is to take a screwdriver, maybe Gene, and poke holes, deep holes, down beside the the, uh, plant to dry that soil out. See if that helps. I'm not sure it will because sometimes the roots get to a point where they just give up the ghost. They, They drown, basically, and can't go any further, and that's the end of that. So try to dry it out as fast, as quickly as you can, and we will see next Saturday when we find out whether it lived or died. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give it a poke. Give <laughs> it a poke. Good idea, all Gene. Right. It's great talking to you. Good, good to see Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Gene is a friend. He's been on with me. I've seen him many times at, at um, remote broadcasts and things like that. He and his wife are great gardeners out there in Gwinnett County. I appreciate him calling in. Sandy is in Alpharetta. Hey, Sandy. Good morning. Hey, Walter. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Sandy. How can I help? 
Well, I had a yard full of big trees, and they were all close to the house, so I cut them down. Yeah. And now I've got a bumpy yard full of weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it through very well, and I want to get a lawn in there. But I don't. It's kind of a larger area, and I think that if I put sod in, it'll cost me a fortune. Sure, so yeah. I was wondering if you could do hydra seeding. Yeah, sure. How big is an area do you think you have, Sandy? Mm. Half an acre, acre, five acres. Oh, not that big. Maybe, maybe a third of an acre. Why do you need to hydra seed? Why not just spread the seed yourself? Well, I guess I could. I hadn't thought about that. Do I have to? Would I have to kill all the weeds first, or do I overseed, or what would I do? It would be nice to kill the weeds because if you leave weeds out there, then the Bermuda seedlings that are trying to sprout and come up and grow are competed with. Bermuda is a vigorous plant, sure, but if you have a weed or something that's already growing, then they are competing with those new babies and it inhibits their growth. So yes, it would be nice to kill all the weeds first and then to plant the seed. And you can, on a third of an acre, Sandy, I think this is well within your skills to do this. You don't need to hire a hydro seeder to do it on a third of an acre. Mm. And a couple of tips. This is what I would do if I had your situation. You got a lot of sun. That's great. Good first step is always to have the amount of sunshine your grass needs. You got a lot. That's good. Number two, somebody somewhere somehow has got to level it out. It will not level itself. (laughs) So, (laughs) Sandy, someone has got to either take a shovel or a tiller or a something. It depends on sort of how many rocks and stumps and things you have. But somehow level it out. And if you have leveled it out nicely, then you can put Bermuda seed out there. You have plenty of time. We have from now to the end of July easily to plant Bermuda seed. And I'm hopeful because it's only a third of an acre, you've got the opportunity to use a sprinkler out there because you need to have some water applied while the seeds are young. So once you have leveled it out and the soil is relatively rough at the top, you know, it's not a crust or anything, we've raked it a little bit to get a little furrows in the soil. Then get some Bermuda seed and a little seed spreader. They only cost ten or twelve dollars for the spreader, and the seed costs twenty-five or thirty. And uh, mix the seed. Here's a tip, Sandy: mix the seed with dry sand or with uh, corn grits. You can buy corn grits from Kroger for cheap money. So get the seeds, get in the grits, and mix them up together. What that'll do is make those tiny, tiny little seed uh, more evenly dispersed over your area. And the rate of putting Bermuda seed down is around. I think it's a pound or two per thousand square feet. So you need to measure and find out how many thousand square feet you have and use your math to figure out how many seed you need to put. Don't put too much. Don't put too little. Put down what it says on the on the bag. And so you take your spreader, your seed mixed with the corn grits. You spread it over the area that you have. Start watering to keep the top inch of soil moist enough so that seedlings can, can germinate, sprout, root, start growing. And over the next five or six weeks after that time, you gradually decrease the amount of water you put down and gradually increase, excuse me, you gradually decrease the time between waterings. I'm saying that wrong again. You try to wean the lawn back to about one watering per week, an inch of water at a time. So you just gradually thin it out a little bit, thin the watering out a little bit each day, but you have a little bit less water, but a little bit more put down. And pretty soon, Sandy, you have a nice coverage of Bermuda grass, and it'll look nice and level because you leveled it out first, and you'll have a nice lawn everybody in the neighborhood will be proud of. Okay. Well, what would I use to kill the—I have to 
kill off the weeds first, right? Yeah, sure. Um, Bonide Cleanup or or anything. Roundup is another brand name. Cleanup, Roundup, kills all. I can't name all the names that have glyphosate in them, but all those work fine as a quickly killing the weeds. It goes away within seven days, and then you can use the uh, seed after that. So as long as you spray the weeds and uh, use the product that says on the label this kills only weeds and grasses and then goes away disappears you don't want something that lasts for a long time because obviously you want the bermuda grass to come up so you don't want anything that interferes with the bermuda seedlings so roundup or cleanup or kills all or one of those has glyphosate in it and nothing else that'll be fine to kill the weeds okay is there a certain kind of grass that you would recommend bermuda sounds fine to me Okay. There are two or three. There's Sahara. There's Numex. There's two or three other Bermuda varieties. I think all of them work pretty well. You can find them at garden centers at, at um, Pike, of course. You can find them at other garden centers as well. Well, I never thought of doing it myself. So this is a great <laughs> idea. Sandy, think about it because I promise you'll save a lot of money over hydroseeding. And it is well, again, within your skill set, I think, to do it. If you need some more tips about how to prepare the soil, go to my website, walterreeves.com. Just type in the word Bermuda, <laughs> and that'll tell you what you need to know. And lots of articles about how to grow Bermuda from size, from seed, and how to care for it in the meantime. We've got, uh, let's see, next in line, Joyce is in Decatur and joins us. Hey, Hello, Joyce. Hello, good, good morning. morning. Hey, Joyce, what's going on? I, my sister-in-law planted squash. And she's getting powdered mildew. And what do to get rid of the powdered mildew, or is it too late once it starts? It's almost too late once it starts. But if it's really eating up the leaves right now and you've got a lot, if you have more than 50% of the leaves that are droopy brown and the powder is all over the leaves, that's too late. 50% okay. is too it's much. Okay, it's not drooping in brown. Okay, that's good. But it's, it's starting so I could not remember what to do for it, other than that she's an organic gardener, so she doesn't like to put chemicals Run on it. Run up to, take her up to the Pike, Tocco Hill Pike, it's not so far from you, and get some neem oil spray, N-E-E-M, neem. It's the a, neem oil spray works for powdered mildew also? Unbelievable. It's an insecticide as well as a fungicide. Okay, now I have one more question. Quick, quick, quick. I only got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Quick. Much. When you're putting much around your your plants, which kind do you use? I use pine straw because it's free. <laughs> a lot of pine trees I rake it up. Pine straw works to keep the weeds down. Sure, pine straw, pine chips, whatever I can get for the cheap money. Then that's what I get. Pike, you know, has the sales once in a while for was it three bags, four bags for ten dollars or something. I go load up and get eight or ten bags of that and have it around with me and use I use the mini chips, Joyce. I don't use the big chips, but the mini chips seem to do a lot better for me. I use that to mulch underneath my plants, keep the weeds down. Mini chips and uh, the neem oil and you've got some you got some problems solved. It's 718 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
best garden music on the planet, Justin Over. Thank you so much for bringing that song in. Make me jump up and down in the studio. Quick weather update brought to you by, not Ackerman, by Penley Roofing. Today, high of 86 degrees. Tonight, low of 68. Very sunny both days. Tomorrow, 90 degrees. Back to the heat and 70 overnight. Walking on sunshine all day long. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Barbara in Decula joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Well, good morning, Walter. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure, Barbara. Um, I have a, a few hydrangeas that I'm going to be planting today, and uh, one of which is a strawberry vanilla oh, in a three-gallon pot. Yeah. And I wondered, um, first of all, how do I need to amend the soil if I need to do that? The best thing it needs is a good wide area for the roots to spread out in. And strawberry vanilla is what's called a panicle hydrangea. It blooms in the midsummer on through late summer. And so it's not like the mop head pink and blue ones that we you know, have already almost finished blooming now. Mm-hmm. So it needs a lot of sunshine, loves being in the sunshine, blooms great in the sunshine. And the flowers, when they change color from the sort of whitish, pinkish color that, that gives us the name strawberry vanilla, boy, it's spectacular. Great choice. Great choice for a hydrangea. Okay. How, what do I need to uh, – I've got some manure and some compost. Um, what do I need to do to, if I need to amend, amend the soil? Just mix them in. Uh, if you can get a layer three inches thick over a, oh, let's say, six-foot diameter area – that's a lot. I know it's a lot, but if you mix a three-inch layer of organic stuff, the manure and potting soil and things like that, down to about eight inches deep and do it over an area, of, I would like it to be about six six feet in diameter, six feet oh, across the big. hole. Okay. That's a big one. But that's how wide the roots of the strawberry vanilla hydrangea are going to spread. So you want that whole area to be amended. And as they spread out over the next couple of years, it'll just reward you with blooms you will not believe. You will not believe how big the flowers will be on strawberry, strawberry vanilla hydrangea. That, that's why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, do I need to uh, dig out all the soil and then mix in the organic no, matter not really. with what the soil? I do and then is I just put it sort of in? in place. I put the stuff, put the organic matter on top, and use my shovel to sort of flip things over and over and over, and I mix it pretty thoroughly. But I don't okay. have to dig this, dig the hole out necessarily. I don't okay. dig the hole out. Now, what about the roots? Uh, this has been in the pot for for quite a while, I imagine, yeah. and it's probably root bound. Ooh. When I pull that out, what what do I do to the roots? Get a water hose with a spray nozzle on the end of it, and wash as much of the old soil off the roots as you possibly can. And I okay. mean, take some time and use your fork or your fingers or something. You go in there and sort of rake the soil out of there. Because you want those roots to spread out. You do not want them to be in the same shapes they were in the pot, the cork shapes that a pot makes them grow in. Because they go round and round and won't spread very rapidly at all if you don't break the old soil out and spread the roots out in the planting area as you plant in the middle. Spread the roots out. Make them make sure they're going in different directions okay. from the trunk of the so plant. So I don't cut so the roots at all then? You can if you need to. It's not going to hurt anything to cut a few of them. If you need okay. to untangle them, sure. it's just totally circular. Okay. Yeah, they're totally circular. Take those away. Spread them out, and they'll go out into the area that you've amended. The plant will grow fast, and, boy, you'll have a pretty plant. Okay. And what about fertilizer? What kind of fertilizer should I use? Mm, a little bit of starter fertilizer. You get some uh, starter fertilizer from Pike, but not really much of anything. They don't need a lot of fertilizer, so you don't need to do it now. Maybe next year, next spring, a little bit then. That's all you really need to do. It's 728 News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning, 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. If you have a garden question, 404-872-0750. Don't forget tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow is Sunday. I get to read my Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Enjoy the writing of Jim Galloway and Bill Torpy and all the rest of the crowd that I really, really enjoy. The explainer is part of the part of the deal as well. And it's credible, compelling, and complete. The Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Depend on it. Just like WSB. Let's go to the phones. Who we got on the phone here? John in Roswell got the squirrels eat his pecans. Hey, John, good morning. John, 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 are you there? Where's John? I'll put him back on hold here and go to Lottie and Conyers instead. Hey, Lottie, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Reed. How can I help, Lottie? I want to thank you so much for helping me save my Japanese maple. <laughs> right now, I want to ask this question. It has sprigs up in the very top. Do I even that across the top, or do I just leave it alone? Where do the sprigs come from, Lottie? The the tree. Yeah, I know that, but oh, what part of the <laughs> well, tree? Well, at the very it top. It's at the very top, and I guess, you know, and I just want to know, do I need to even it across the top, or just Leave it as it is. It depends on what you want. The reason I was asking where they came from was because some Japanese maples that are grafted are grafted the pretty part of the top that you enjoy and bought the tree for to enjoy. They're grafted onto a Japanese maple rootstock that has straight limbs that do not weep. And some people don't like, they want the weeping part, they don't want the straight part. And so the sprouts that come up from the base, from the rootstock, will go right through the middle of the tree and out the top. And they really should be removed all the way down where they originate, down at the base of the tree. So that's why I sort of wanted to know where these sprouts were oh, coming from. Oh, okay. I thank you so much. That wait, wait, wait. Good. If they're coming from the top, so yes, you can cut them off to whatever time. Even across the top. That's fine. I did yesterday to a um, cherry laurel. I have a little cherry laurel in the backyard, and it wants to be 40 feet tall. I want it to be 5 feet tall. <laughs> so oh. the top of it got cut out. I pruned it down uh, several months ago now. And so it's just a lot of little sprouts coming out of the ground. And so I pruned it off to make a little shrub of cherry laurel back there to see if I could do it and keep it from becoming 40 feet again. So that's what I'm doing. You do the same when you're Japanese maple. Well, I want to thank you so much because it was given to me on Mother's Day last year. And so yeah. it's made it now to about five feet. And I use that name on and that really worked. Good. Glad to hear it. Thank you so much for what you do. Oh, thanks for calling a lot. It's great to hear from you. Thanks a lot. We've got uh, White in Alabama down in Alabama. What is his oak trees are doing things to his yard? Hey, White, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I think I called you about 10 years ago, and I'm back again. <laughs> and, you just bothered us so much, White. We don't know if we can take another call from you. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate your service. You know, it's great. But, hey, my, this is my situation. I live on a corner lot. And I've got um, two oak trees in the front, two oak trees on the side, yeah. with the roots growing above the ground, right? Okay. Yeah. The grass around that tree, they're beautiful trees, but the grass around that tree, those trees has died. Mm -hmm. And also I've got other spots on the lawn that the grass is kind of dying too, but then other spots of the lawn, it's beautiful, you know? So 
I'm just wondering, what can I do? Can I put dirt over those roots? Because some of those roots are really big, you yeah, know? Yeah, easiest thing to do, I think, Warrior, is to put dirt or mulch, depending on sort of what you want to look like there. The dirt won't hurt anything as long as it's less than three or four inches, and I doubt your roots are three or four inches high. So just you know, level it out with more dirt. Get some good quality. Don't, don't, don't get bad clay from the side of the road. Get some good quality topsoil, cover the roots, and if you want to plant... Shade-loving things, hostas and impatience and stuff inside, you can do that. The reason the grass, of course, is not growing under the tree is because it gets a shade from the oak tree, and so the grass doesn't like to grow in the shade. Can I put another type of grass in there that might be more shade, that might mm. like to shade them a little more, dear? I you know what doubt I mean? it. I doubt there's a grass that will grow as deeply as you want it or as far underneath the oak tree as you want even fescue. Fescue, you know, is the sh most shade-tolerant grass we have for it, and it won't, take, it won't grow very vigorously. And you don't want a grass to grow weakly. You want a grass that grows vigorously and competes against weeds and all. So even fescue won't grow in less than five hours or so of sunshine a day. It's got to have good direct sunshine at least for five hours to get fescue to grow vigorously and bite the weeds. Right. So okay. If you don't have that underneath okay. the oak tree, look for other plants that prefer to be under the oak tree. Like some type of, like some type of bushes or something. Yeah, a kuba grows under oak trees just fine. Um, there are small things. A uh, cast iron plant would be a good choice. Cast iron plant has big, broad leaves. It's about three, I guess, three feet high. I guess cast iron plant is a good choice. Uh, monkey grass, lirio, English ivy, even could be grown underneath an oak tree. Just. Uh, you know, get something that likes the shade. Right. Don't fight so Mother Nature. Of, yeah. Now, some of these roots are also growing towards the house, towards my foundation. Uh-huh. So I'm a little worried about that. Well, they're not you know, growing I, toward the house. They're growing away from the tree, <laughs> if it makes yeah. any sense to you. So they're not headed for the house because they like your house. They're simply headed for the house because that's where they can get, some, uh, get out from the shade, get some more nutrients and things. But your foundation doesn't have what a tree root wants. It wants moisture, nutrients, um, cool soil. And so in most cases, unless the tree was right up close to the house, roots don't hurt foundations or slabs or anything like that. They may seem to be growing towards it, but they're more, more trying to get out from underneath the mother tree and get out to where the drip line is, but they're not headed for your slab or your foundation to crack it or anything like that. Oh. So really, at the end of the day, put some soil, good soil over it, and then put some bushes there, basically. At the that, end of the day, Woyt, that's exactly what I say. All right. Hey, I appreciate your help again. I'll talk to you another Hope 10 years or so, Woyt. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll call you a little sooner. But <laughs> <I really laughs> All right. If you have a question, even next Saturday is fine. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. You bet. Thank See you. you then. You too. we got Dean in Atlanta. Hey, Dean. Good morning. How you doing, Walter? Doing fine, Dean. What's up? I have a nectarine tree that had a lot of fruit on it. When I say a lot of fruit, I'm going to say anywhere from four to 500 pieces of fruit. Oh, man, that's great. And within the past week and a half, more than three-quarters of them have just turned fuzzy gray like, and starting mm. to rot. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything we can do to prevent it anymore, but I surely don't want it to happen in the future either. Put a note in your calendar, Dean, that next year, as soon as the peach tree blooms, that is when you start controlling brown rot, which is what you have on your peaches, or your nectarines, I should say. But nectarines, mm -hmm. peaches both, get a terrible disease called brown rot. It is, it is carried and transmitted around by honeybees, of all things, as they pollinate the flowers. And so you have to put a fungicide on the tree when the flowers are open. 
in fact, two, two sprays usually. One spray when the flowers are mostly all open and one spray when they're mostly all falling down off the tree. It'll be about a week or so between sprays and protect those flowers from the brown rot fungus. And then you got less problem with the nectarines later in, in June when you try to have some fruit. Gotcha. So I'll have to spray it twice and that's when they're flowering. Yep. And the stuff to use, Captan works fine. C-A-P-T-A-N, Captan. Dacanil, D-A-C-O-N-I-L. Dacanil is another fungicide. Both of them, I believe, are labeled for use on fruit trees. Yeah. And is there anything there? So there's nothing I can do right now because I still left about 100 pieces of fruit or so on there that. Uh, yeah, the, like all the ones, if you left. have any that have fallen to the ground, collect them and don't leave them on the ground underneath the tree. They're a source of fungi for next year to infect the fruit from next year, even protect it that you're going to do next March. So pick up all the fruit off the ground. Gotcha. I will do that. All right. Thank you, Walter. Check you later. Thanks for calling, Dean. Roswell, uh, John, I should say Roswell, John. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I have a large pecan tree in my yard. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be loaded with uh, pecans again this year. But unfortunately, the squirrels or some critters get in there and pick them off before they're oh, ripen yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I can see the little teeth marks in there. So what I want to do is put a cover of um thin aluminum around. I wonder yeah. how high up the tree I should go sure. to uh, to where they can't jump, you know, and yeah. get onto the... the kind farmers do it all the time. I would start at four feet, I think, John, is where I would start, and let the squirrels tell you the answer to the, to the real. It needs to be higher than that. If they can jump over four feet, then you go to six feet. <laughs> See, that doesn't keep them off the trunk. Okay. And, of course, you have to have other trees not so close as they can jump from adjoining trees onto your pecan tree because they can right. jump a considerable okay. distance. So as long as you can keep them from climbing the trunk and jumping onto the limbs from another tree, then you should be pretty well protected. And the only thing you have to worry about then is crows. And they fly in and they'll eat your pecans too. So I don't know what to do about crows. But the squirrels, at least, with the aluminum siding put around the trunk of the tree, up four feet at first, well, you got a good chance of controlling there. Okay. Are there any other type critters that uh, could be? Do I can see teeth marks where they'll mm. pull it loose on the pecan. Not that I'm aware. No, squirrels are it. I mean, okay. chipmunks don't All climb right, trees. Squirrels climb trees. That's that's the one tr one critter that does is squirrels. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Thanks for the advice. Hey, it's great talking to you, John. Thanks for calling. Bye. It's 7.46, a reminder that you can go to my website, walterreeves.com, and can do lots of things, one of which is subscribe to the email newsletter that comes out every two weeks, every Thursday, every, excuse me, every other Thursday, every two weeks. And in it, I put articles of things that I think you would enjoy reading about, pictures that people have sent me. One of the most fun things that I saw recently was a guy sent me a picture of a big paper insect nest made inside his attic. He said, I was climbing the attic to replace the bathroom fan, and I looked over at the end of the attic, and there's this huge nest. It's like a hornet nest or a yellow jacket nest. What is it, and what do I do now? And the answer was pretty quickly. I said, "Then you know, we can figure out what you have. Number one, if it's a yellow jacket nest, it's probably not a yellow jacket nest, I said, because yellow jackets make their nests in the ground. So it's in your attic, not yellow jackets. Hornets, bald-faced hornets, are two kinds of hornets lives in, that live in Georgia. The bald-faced hornet usually makes the nest in trees, the big football gray, you know, shaped things in trees underneath ease, usually an exposed nest that you don't see hidden anywhere. On the other hand, 
European hornets, sure enough, do live inside attics and inside the walls of houses. So what I said to him was, you have European hornets. And from the size of it, he sent it to me last week, it was big, huge in there. And I said, from the size of it, there hasn't been enough time now for a European hornet colony to build that big of a nest. So my assumption is they built it last year or the year before. It's abandoned because all these insects only use the nest for one year. And so you can leave it there if you want to. You can take it down if you want to. It doesn't matter, but it's not going to usually have any danger or effect on you as you replace the bathroom fan. So that was my advice to him. But it's things like that, practical advice from pictures that folks send me. That's what you get in the Garden Email Newsletter. It's completely free. All you have to do is give us your email address and your zip code so we know where we're sending it. So go to my website up in the upper right-hand corner. It says subscribe to newsletter. You can subscribe there, and we'll send it to you every other Thursday. It's 748. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. Well, Johnny Cash is dead and his house burned down, down, down. There's a whole lot of weeping and wailing in Nashville town, Nashville town. Well, the man in black ain't coming back and wailing ain't gonna come around. Johnny Cash is dead and his house burned down. That's a song by special request this morning. It's a song of lift my soul. I love this song. Thank you, Justin. You did very well. Thank you for finding that. And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, high of 86, low of 68 tonight. Tomorrow, 90 is the high, low of 70 tomorrow night. Lots of sun both days. We're going to have a hot couple of days and then Back to June and July, summertime in Georgia. Let's go to the phones. we got Andre in Douglasville. Andre, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Andre. How can I help? Uh, I just bought, bought a house for my birthday out here in Douglasville. Yeah. And my backyard is half green and half red dirt. <laughs> well, green and red, they go together. It's pretty yeah, well. Yeah, so, I mean, I, was, I, I bought some some grass seed that's supposed to grow in the well. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that was going to work, and I actually thought about just getting a truckload of uh, topsoil and just spread yeah. it out. How much sun does it get, Andre? First question always, how much sun do you have? 100%. 100%. All right, good, because you have now several choices, and I'll give you the kinds of grass. I'm not, I don't, we don't have time to go into how to plant each one of them, but I'll refer you at the end of my conversation with you to a place you can get some information but if you have 100% sunshine, you can grow Bermuda, and Bermuda is fast. It grows rapidly. It uh, fights weeds very nicely. It's relatively cheap to plant. You can use sod. Or How big is the area, Andre? Is it a big lawn or a little lawn? Big. 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 big All right. I, I, I can put a swimming pool back there no problem. Then we're not going to put sod down because sod will break the bank. We're going to do seed. And you can plant from yeah. Bermuda seed anytime between now and uh, July, end of July, easily. Uh, so okay. Bermuda is one choice. Second choice is zoysia. And you can get zoysia seeds. Zenith is the one I see for sale most often. But zenith zoysia seed grows a little less slowly than Bermuda. But still, if you plant it immediately, you can get a good coverage by, by, the, by fall. 
Uh, what, what was the name? What was the name of that one again? Zoysia, Z O Y S I A, Zoysia, Zoysia. Okay. And the third one is centipede lawn. Centipede is another one that takes a little longer than Bermuda to germinate, but it's considered a low care lawn. You don't have to do much fertilization. You don't have to do much mowing because it grows so low to the ground. So centipede is one that some of your friends and neighbors may say, what have, you, "Have you thought about centipede, Andre?" And you can say, "Well, sort of, maybe, but <laughs> that's not what I want." So Bermuda, <laughs> zoysia, centipede. Now, how okay. to plant them, how to plant the seed, how to care for them, and things like that. That is where I want to give you one place to go and one word to use to find what you need. I have a page on my webpage, on my website, I should say, that has every kind of grass you could grow. So once you've decided between the Bermuda, the zoysia, and the centipede, Look at WalterReeves.com, and in the search line, put calendars, C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R-S, calendars. It'll mm-hmm. take you to a page that has not only a calendar of how to care for each one of those grasses, whichever one you choose, but it also has a second page of just general maintenance tips for making the Bermuda happier, for making centipede happier, whatever you want to plant happier. And that's what you need. But you have a lot of sunshine, Andre, and if you have a little bit of water to put on the seed as it's germinating, you'll have a good-looking lawn. You can do it very nicely between now and the end of uh, end of the year. And not a bad idea to put out the topsoil you mentioned earlier. That's not a bad idea either to give you some good soil for the grass to grow in. 404-872-0750 is my number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. <laughs> 